Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast, Tristan and Nick joined Eric Sachs of Breakthrough Broker for an incredible interview with one of the best known and respected real estate coaches, Mike Ferry. Mike shares great advice on how to manage through challenging times, gives insight on what to expect moving forward, and delivers actionable ideas on how to position yourself to win. Let's listen in. Thanks for joining us here on Lab Code Agents and Breakthrough Broker. We've got Mike Ferry with us, but Eric, go ahead and do the intro, my friend. You know, it's pretty good. It's pretty awesome to all the breakthrough brokers and lab code agents on the call today. I'm super excited that we have Mike Ferry, some say the godfather of coaching in real estate, which is pretty awesome. 40 plus years of real estate coaching, tens of thousands of clients, and a lot of wisdom brought to the webinar today. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to introduce the other two gentlemen to any of the breakthrough brokers on the call today, uh, Tristan Almada and Nick Baldwin, both co-founders of uh, the largest, most interactive Facebook group for realtors. Um, so join that for real estate professionals if you haven't. So thanks, everybody. And uh, we're going we're gonna to launch right in to the questions. Okay, Mike? So we're going to get started. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the first one, and we'll get going. Uh, should we expect a substantial decline in the amount of business being done um, if this continues for a longer period of time? Well, first of all, I don't think there's any reason to believe it's going to continue for a long period of time. I mean, everybody is taking good, solid, common sense steps to try to limit the exposure to this terrible problem. So I, I would say this to you, if, in a worst case scenario, worst case, we're going to do 4 million transactions this year in the U.S. Usually this year would have been about 4.6, 4.7 million. We're going to probably, you know, if we come in at a million, that's 8 million commission checks that are going to be distributed to great agents that are part of your groups. So watch, if you're not prepared mentally, if you're not prepared physically, if you don't have good skills, you're in trouble because, you know, we're finishing off a seven or eight year climb in the United States and most of North America. So if you're not prepared, you're going to have a problem with the next three to six months. But for all of the agents that are strong in skills, strong in mindset, have reasonable work habits, guess what? Now, I will say this to you, and this is not meant to be negative. What scares me is the agents that started after 2012, because okay. they've, never, they've never been through one of these kind of things before. Right. So they're going to be a little bit more nervous, and they're going to have to pay attention better. But 4 million transactions is a minimum. 8 million commission checks are going to be distributed. My question for each of your great um, partners in your business, how many of those checks do they want to have for themselves? And if they're, right. willing, to, they're willing to work, most of America is very stable in the real estate industry today. There's a couple of states that are hit pretty hard, New York, New Jersey, um, the state of Louisiana, the state of Michigan. But otherwise, it's, it's pretty stable for those that are willing to work. So you and I just keep advocating working. I love it. And so when you say willing to work, I heard a couple of times skill set. And I'm assuming you feel 
that the conversation post COVID might be a little more difficult, might be the realtors might need a more of a skilled conversation. Is that what I'm hearing? So that is that what you mean by work hard, improve your skill set? Well, I, I, I would say to you that, and this is, and thank you for the way you stated that. I think that's very professional. I think today, an agent that does not display empathy for the people they're talking to, right. that, that isn't a little more kind versus the hardcore go for the listing contract being signed. Uh, an agent that is a little bit more understanding the fact that people are nervous, afraid, panicking, upset. I mean, most agents aren't even working today. The biggest advantage I think that all of your agents have is that 90% of the agents have stopped. They're hiding under the covers. They're not even getting out of bed. They're hiding in their closet. So as the number of transactions declines a little bit, number of agents is declining rapidly. So the per person productivity for those that are prepared better than ever in terms of unity. But they we have to be much pathetic. We have to be more understanding. We have to be a lot kinder. And for those that know my ferry, I'm not possessed. Those are words that I'm at the use because that is not my style from any perspective under normal circumstance. So hopefully they will understand that this this is a good for them. Okay. Yeah, good. Uh, we, you know, we like to tell our users and our, our our community that the actions they take today is going to be the success that they see down three months yeah. down the road. So thank you for that, Nick. Why don't you go with question? Well, yeah. Before I ask my question, I just want to make a comment about what Mike said. I absolutely love what you just said, Mike, because uh, it is true that we do need to have more empathy. You know, with what's going on. I mean, I'm in Michigan now. I live there, and I'm from New Jersey. So I live and I'm from two states that are hit hard, hit the most hardest, right? And so real estate's non-essential here and agents are getting frustrated and angry. And so in that sense, they're like, I just can't work. Um, yes, you can still work and you need to have, you need to have empathy. You need to be sympathetic to what people are going through uh, in this time. And those are the conversations that you should be having right now. Because once we get out of this, before you know it, your pipeline is going to be full with people that appreciate you. And so we need to be focusing on that. So I, I highly agree. Um, so I've been working out of my house like, you know, like everybody else. And I've actually found since I've been working out of my house, I've been a lot more productive. But some people have a lot of issue with that. So what type of schedule should someone be following while they're at home right now to continue to stay productive? Well, I think the most important thing that we all have to recognize is the amount of distractions that we would generally have in a real estate office, okay, are in most cases a lot more than we would have working out of our home. However, the exception to that, the lady real estate agent that has a couple of children and a spouse at home now has a balancing act they have to do because you're taking care of your children, you're taking care of your spouse, you're taking care of your home. So for the lady agent, you, you really, it's, it's a much tougher thing than it is, for example, for most men who are now at home in that environment. So here's what I'm suggesting, okay? I'm suggesting that a man or woman, real estate agent, 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning, have a little family meeting for five minutes, and all they want to say is this, I need one hour and 15 minutes to do my job to help support this wonderful family that is in front of me right now. 
After that, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes doing the kids, making sure your spouse is comfortable, taking care of the house and meals. Then go back for another hour and 15 minutes. So just picture this. Can you imagine if every agent actually worked three hours and 45 minutes a day with a productive mindset and productive activities? Their business, no matter what the state is doing, is going to be just fine. So it's an hour and 15 minutes, three times a day is the schedule that I advocate for agents to follow. And that allows them to be with their families, to take care of themselves mentally, to do some type of exercise, whether it be walking around the house or walking around the garage or walking around the outside of the house. You've got to spend that hour and 15 minutes as often as you can. I love that, Mike. Great answer here. So let's go to the next one. Uh, but one comment here, you said, you're giving a minimum to people. And I love that. Agents listening in, there's a minimum that you should be working. Instead yes. of saying, hey, look, I'm going to work for 30 minutes or an hour. No, right? There's a minimum you should be working every single day. Because like Mike said, people are curling up in fear and they're like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to do nothing. I, I would say to all of these great agents that are with us today, any listing they have, they believe their agent is working to get that listing sold. So the, the, the kidding, I always say, can you imagine if the sellers hired a private detective to watch the agent and what they <laughs> were doing? Okay. <laughs> Nick, can you imagine that? <laughs> if we hired private detectives to spy on us? It would be a they scary real estate industry. That's they for wouldn't sure. discover they wouldn't discover anything of much of much importance. Uh, <laughs> but, so uh, but Mike, yeah, I just want to say one thing. So yeah, working at home, I got a seven year old and a and a four year old, and Tristan has has small children too, and they're. Eric's kids as well. I think they're a little bit older, right? I can't remember how old your kids are. But you know, I'm down in the basement and I and I carve out time during my day where I go upstairs and hang out with them for like 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time. Sometimes they come down to my office and grab my iPad and they want to work with me. And that's cool. Like it's the new norm right now, right? Um, so it's more life integration has been in your life. So, you know, just get used to that. Yeah, I agree. All right. So getting to the next question. Here, Mike, do you anticipate prices will drop as this crisis continues and gets resolved? Well, I think most important, it is not 2007, 8, 9, and 10. That is not, that is a total different world that we experience that. The advantage we have today, and this is the most important thing, the lack mm -hmm. of inventory is what stabilizes prices. And we have a lack of inventory in most of the nation today. Miami Beach is a little different. There's a lot of high rise that are sitting vacant, but that's the exception to the rule. So for most of the country, you know, it's basic economics. I, I, I've never shared I'll share with you guys today. I was a poor student in high school. I mean, I, if I got a D, I thought it stood for my middle name, which was David. So I was always excited to get a D. I was a poor, my junior year in high school, I took an economics class and I just happened to love it. And I got an A in one class out of four years of high school. And here's what I learned, supply and demand. When the supply is limited, the prices are very stable. When the supply is excessive, the prices fall. 2007, eight, nine, watch. California, Nevada, Arizona, Florida, 
um, most of the country was for sale. What, seven million homes repossessed, trillions of dollars lost in equity. So what we have to understand is this is not that kind of a market. The, the market is going to remain stable because of the inventory being limited, which also means every agent that has the courage to take a listing today is pretty much guaranteed a paycheck. So therefore, the focus should be on listing property more than ever before. So I, I'm not concerned about prices. I'm concerned about agents taking listings, which is what the name of the game is. So since a lot of the, the buying and selling public pulled back a little bit when the, when the crisis started, yes. um, what would you say to a realtor when they're dealing with a client or a potential client who has said, let's, let's see where this goes. Let's, let's reconvene in a couple months. Well, first of all, if, if the agents that are involved today with us are completely honest, Mm-hmm. Only 10 or 15% of the prospects they talk to want to do something now. The majority always want to do something later on. Fair Watch. Enough. In November, we had to wait till the holidays were done. Mm-hmm. In January, we had to wait until taxes were paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the taxes are paid, we have to wait till the kids get out of school. So the public has a built-in series of excuses. Mm-hmm. This one just happens to be, I want to wait till the virus has passed. So let's accept that as reality because that's that's reality. So here's what I'm suggesting. Okay. You, have buck, you have bucket A for the people who want to do something now. Mm-hmm. Pay very close attention because if you don't pay close attention, somebody's going to get a contract signed with somebody besides you. Mm-hmm. But bucket B is the one that we really have to focus on because on bucket B, we have to really stay in communication with these people over the next 30, 60, 90 days, because Mm -hmm. when one of you just mentioned, when the floodgate opens up in 90 days and there's a rush back into the marketplace with buyers and sellers, they're going to go to the agent they've been communicating with that is feeding them good information, that is feeding them market reports and neighborhood reports and market stats, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So the communication with your secondary leads is critical. But remember, of the secondary leads, there's always going to be a certain percentage that do something, and the major percentage never do. So don't don't get upset because people are not responding quickly. Human nature says only a small percentage do something on the spot. We're looking for those people every day. Right. Hey, Mike, I just want to make a quick comment about what you said. Um, you know, the objection now is I want to wait till all this kind of gets less or goes away or whatever, whatever the thing is. So I think where we're making mistakes, because, you know, during, during stuff like this, real estate agents all of a sudden become a, a, uh, infectious disease experts, right? And they become scientists and doctors. So what we need to do is, all we need to do is, you know what, Mr. Mr. Seller, I completely understand that. If you wouldn't mind, can I just let you know a little bit about what the market is currently doing right now? And then based on that, I'll leave it to you to make up your mind. That's it. Just leave them with what the market's doing. Don't say, oh, don't worry about it. People are wearing masks. It's not a big deal. We shouldn't even get into that. Market's doing this. If you want to sell, this could potentially happen. But if you want to wait, that's okay as well. Would you agree with that? 100%. Thank you for just supporting what I've been saying. Cool. You want me to go next, guys, or do you want to go next? You you go for it, Nick. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Uh, all right. So we're becoming a majority. We're becoming industry versus more face-to-face, right? 
So a lot of a lot of a lot of agents are doing Matterport and video and so on and so forth. So what do you think this means for the long run? Do you think this is going to last? Do you think it's a fad? Be something that a buyer and seller will potentially choose as an option? What do you think it's going to do? That's going to do for this part for that part of the industry. Well, I think first of all, if if we were to look at the transactions being done nationally today. 20% of all the transactions being done have always been done virtually. It was phone or fax, okay? Today, it is Zoom, FaceTime, you know, all these wonderful technologies that we can use. But I think what we have to understand is, you know, the best example I can give you is for more than 10 years, because my business, I have to travel to Europe, to Russia, U.S., Canada, et cetera, and I travel all the time. So my business has always been done virtually. I've been using DocuSign since the day it started because it was such a big relief than faxing and overnight expressing documents to me to be signed. So there's nothing new with what we're doing today. However, agents, please don't get upset, are somewhat antiquated when it comes to technology. Not the good ones, but the, the consensus of real estate is, we're a little behind when it comes to technology. So what I believe is this, 50% of all the transactions in the future will be done like we're doing today through virtual type presentations. We're gonna see 50% because see sellers and buyers want to speed up the process, okay? They wanna make it quicker than it's been done in the past. Um, I, I was speaking at a convention in Orlando about five years ago Richard Smith, the chairman of Realogy, was the other speaker. And I'll never forget the comment he made. He said, our business of real estate is a little slow and old-fashioned. You can walk into a car dealership, and you could buy a brand-new Bentley for $200,000 and do it in 30 minutes. But if you walk into a real estate office to buy a $200,000 home, it takes three months. He said, that doesn't make sense. We're not efficient. This technology we're using today, Nick, offers efficiency to buyers and sellers. Because, see, here's the question. Do sellers really want to spend 45 minutes listening to an agent, blah, 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 blah? And do agents really want to sit there and have to pet the dog, pet the cat, and play with the kids? So this levels and changes the playing field for the good agents at a level we've never seen before. I am so, now watch, I'm 75 and I am so excited about this technology today because it allows me to become more efficient in my business. I could never, well, think about the okay, game. Now just watch this guys and gals. Since March 15th, I've done 86 webinars around the US and Canada, since March 15th, 86. If I had a supersonic jet, it would be impossible to do it, okay? But this technology allows me to meet new people like Nick today, allows me to be exposed, to share ideas with people. Folks, this is our future, but here's the catch, okay? And I want you all to pay attention. We role play and we practice scripts and dialogues. Let me restate, we should role play and practice scripts and dialogues. What I want agents to do today is every morning with another good agent, practice your scripts and dialogues like we're doing right here, where it's virtual, where you can really see the person. Because the challenge is now, you're upfront, close, and personal. You can't hide anything, okay, today. This morning, I was doing one of these real early for a company in New Jersey. And one of the agents flashed on the screen, 
and she didn't know how to use the camera and her angle was sideways. So her head was this way. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, am I going to turn my head over to talk to her or is she going to learn how to use her technology? Learn how to use this wonderful advantage we have today. I have a quick question. So when you are at the house and you're petting the dog and playing with the kids, you're building that rapport, that first level of like and trust. Yes. And I don't disagree. This is the new norm. So you're on, you're doing more virtual meetings. How do you build rapport at the beginning when you don't have time to play with the kids, pet the dog? What suggestions do you have for virtual rapport? So I'm going to, throw an example at you and you know nobody wants to hear this example okay you walk out of your office or your home you trip on the curb you fall down you break your ankle we're there with you we of course are concerned we take our cell phone we call 911 your ankle's swelling you're in pain we're trying to comfort you ambulance comes takes you to the hospital to the emergency ward you're laying on the table. All you're thinking is fix my ankle. The doctor walks in and goes like this. We're so excited to have you here today. We built this entire facility just to help people like yourself. And by the way, I need to say that hairstyle on you, it really looks good. And, and by the way, these earplugs that you get, I got to get a set for myself and my wife. You don't want that done. You want your ankle fixed. So 50% of your sellers want rapport, 50% want the job done quickly. The pre-qualifying process will tell you which direction to go in. If you're honestly concerned about the quality of what you do, and you're honestly concerned about the listening skills of your sellers, and you pre-qualify, you'll know when you get to the house if you have to build rapport, or you'll know you can do it virtually and get it done just like that. So it's really a matter of deciding if you're willing to follow good basic sales. That's a great question. Thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Tristan, I think I'm next or you? I'm me. I'm up, buddy. You go so, for it. Great question, dude. Uh, but Mike, knowing that social distancing will be in place for a while and that agents and the consumer are adapting to all of this tech, how or you know what, who should we be prospecting to and talking to? Right? Because I, I hear the question is, well, I don't know who to call, or I ran out of calling my past clients. Now what? Right? So who should we be targeting? Well, first of all, and Nick knows this best, you know, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, very tight restrictions on what they can do. And hopefully that will be loosened up very, very soon for everybody. But here's the catch. You, you can't overcall your past clients. You can't overcall your centers of influence, because these are people that really are counting on you for good advice. The money today, in my opinion, is this wonderful thing called a cell phone. Now, this was the enemy of our industry for the last 10 years. I don't want to call people. I'm not comfortable. I don't know what to say. I don't like people calling me, so I don't call them. For God's sakes, you call anybody today. I can go like this with my eyes closed, dial a number, and somebody's going to, because everybody answers their phone today because they're sitting in their homes by themselves. So here's what we got to get clear on. Get on the phone, period. But here's the real ones to call. Around your listings and sales are the most vital calls you can make today. It allows you to show that you're active in the community. 
It allows you to show that you have an understanding of what's going on in the community. And, and now think about this, Tristan. You know, if you weren't a professional realtor, let's say you were just a homeowner. Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, you and your wife in Westlake go to the shopping center. You see a Keller Williams sign in a front yard. Watch. I wonder if that home is as nice as ours. I wonder what they've listed for. I'll bet we could get more. I wonder where they're moving to. Those conversations don't exist today because everybody's homeward bound. So the just listed just, here's the complaint I'm getting from all the top I get people on the phone. I can't get them off. That's the complaint. Everybody wants to talk. So the agents are making less actual contacts because the people they're calling are all talking because they need somebody to talk to. The phone one major, might get, one, one major. major exception to that, Mike, and that's teenagers. <laughs> I can't get my kids to talk. To them. They'll text me and I'll call them back and they won't answer. And I'm like, you just, the phone's in your hand. You just texted me, answer it. So, you know, I'm very lucky. I have five incredible kids. And most of you know my son's Matt, Tom, and they're, they're incredible. So up until this took place, we were having family dinners every couple months. And there's like 24 of us. Matt would sit at one end of the table, my son Tom at the other, and they would text each other. Sitting at the same, I'd say, Matt, that's your brother Tom. Tom, that's your brother Matt. We always joked about it. But, so you're telling me it's not going away for a while. No, it's not going to go away. <laughs> but I will tell you, adults want somebody to talk to and they right. want in so, like you should have you should have a tv show mike the the fairies it would be like super popular you know you'd be like the head man and then you'd have tom and matthew i'd watch it well i gotta cheer up buddy <laughs> hey i just want to i just want to address uh one of the comments in the chat here someone from new york you know new york's got really strict restrictions oh. they can't make cold calls right oh. so don't don't take don't take you know, Mike says so literally, right? Like if you can't make cold calls, then make care calls yeah. on your database, make yeah. calls that you can make or lead generate by running ads on Facebook and then call the incoming leads. But if don't do what you can't do and stop focusing on that, start focusing on caring about people. Like I know agents here in Michigan and in Canada too, like they're saying that they, they can only call like 10 or 15 people a day because the conversations are so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how many out there want to have a conversation with a grown up instead of a four year old? So when you're saying make the calls, make the calls make, obviously, and abide by the laws of your state. Well, remember, Nick, rule number one for any realtor is always follow the law, period. So anything from there is an adjustment. So, um, you know, we like to set our goals in the beginning of every year, right? Like everyone's like, oh, 2020, I'm going to crush it. So what should we do now? Should we lower our expectations? So should we lower our goals? How should we, how should we approach that now with the way things are going? What would you suggest? Well, first of all, I, you know, we, we should be having an annual business January to January, the end of the first quarter, January, February, we're pretty strong. March became weak because of the virus. We do an evaluation for the first quarter. I'm suggesting for May, June, and July, a one-month business plan each month, okay, to then focus on the 30-day period that you have control of. But I think the real answer, Nick, is this. Never lower your expectations. Raise your standards for what you are expecting from yourself. 
because the standards are what the quality of a person is really made out of. So when we can help an agent raise their standards, not only does it raise their skill, raise their confidence, it raises productivity. So with the number of agents that are not working on the decline, because most are not working, those that raise their standards, their chances improve. So the per person productivity of the good people should get better. Don't lower your expectation. Don't do that to yourself. You're not being fair to who you are. But if you raise your standards for the three hours asking you to work, for using some speaker scripts that will help you get through in strong conversations, knowing how to handle the objections you're receiving, that's what it's all about. Okay? Awesome. I, I got a question for you, Mike. There's a lot of doom and gloom out there. There's a lot of negative media. There's negative neighbors. There's negativity everywhere. The question I'm looking for is that with the world, with the world economy the way it is, what would you, what have you, how does it compare to what you've seen in the past? You've been in it for 40 years. How does yes. this compare to what you've seen in the past? And if you can piggyback that, we have a few questions with people asking, like, how do I articulate the economy right now? What's okay. some good? So go. You know, I'm gonna, I can answer both. The first one, it'll take a minute. The second one, I can do quickly. Okay. But the first part of that, how old are you now? You, me? Yeah. <laughs> 46. Wow, you look young. Good for Thank you. you. Thank That's you. Mm -hmm. So if you can picture, I started in real estate when I was 18. Okay. So I'm 75, so that's 56 years. In 1972, in December, I had three transactions close in Huntington Beach, California. The interest rate to all three buyers was 18.5%. Right. Those were FHA. In 73, we were closing deals at 20 and 21%. We made it through that time, okay? 1987, Black Monday, stock market crashed, worst crash in the history of our country. We thought the world ended. We made it through that. The, in my opinion, worst moment in American history had to have been 9-11, the terror that was stricken in all of our hearts okay. for, the, for the souls that had to suffer through that in, in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. We, we made it through that. 2007 to 2012, the worst real estate world recession in history. We made it through that. Folks, the single greatest strength of the American public is resiliency. We come back fighting. We come back strong. We're going to make it through this. It may take 30, 60, 90. It may take six months, for God's sakes. But we're going to get through this, period. So we've seen worse. Now we're light because we're all learning to adjust to this. But the second thing that you said was critical. If the marketplace you're in is, is for example, less listings being taken, instead of calling and saying, oh, by the way, we're only taking 300 listings at a time where we used to take 600. Why not call and say, we're so excited to announce that 300 sellers have decided in the market to list their home for sale. Would you have an interest in selling yours? Right. Take, take, take the stat and make it positive. And take the lemons and make lemonade for goodness. And and for those of you listening too, you can get most most local border realtors is gonna, you'll be able to find your stats, right? Tristan, sure. Nick, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can find it on every stat that's local. I wanted to ask Mike if he's going to start selling the Mike Fairy lemonade because I'd buy it. Thank you, Tristan. That's very kind. 
I'm just trying to figure out how to make sure an agent keeps their head on straight. That's the most important thing. Yeah, look, I'm going to ask you another question here. And this is probably, this is on all of our minds. But before we do, guys, this is being recorded. I know we've got 2,000 people watching. This is recorded, and we're going to post it into our Lab Code Agents uh, YouTube page. I'll put the link right there on the chat. Grab it right now. Subscribe. This way you can watch this when it goes live later today. And Eric is also going to email it to the database. I know there's 451,000 of you. He's going to send it to all of you. So make sure you just get that. But Mike, here's my question. I remember going to one of your one of your sessions like eight years ago or nine years ago. Sure. And you, you were talking about mindset. And you mentioned that that over the years of being in, in this real estate world, as in as you know, practicing real estate and also doing what you do as a coach, you've learned to to push out the negativity and the fear of yes into into like small increments so that it almost became very small. You're like, ah, oh, got it, get out. So what, what do you do to keep your mindset so strong and cut out the negativity and fear that a lot of agents have? Well, first of all, thank you for that compliment because I, I like to think of myself as being the most positive influence that we could possibly have on a broker and an agent, because that's, that's what our job is. That we're, we're influencers in a positive manner, but I'm very lucky. Okay. The name Earl Nightingale, I'm sure rings through with a lot of your listeners. Um, I had the good fortune from 1966 to 1970 of working in Chicago with Earl Nightingale. And he beat into my head, the importance of being positive. My two other mentors were Mike Vance and Gunther Klaus. Gunther Klaus was the co-writer of Managing by Objectives with Peter Drucker. Mike Vance was, was by Walt Disney's side in the development and creation of Disney World in Florida. He was, he was the founder of Disney University. These are the three guys that shaped my mind, good, bad, right, or wrong. And they all said the same thing. You can be like the rest and be negative or you can be unusual and be positive, and it's your choice. So what I've done is I've, for example, never watched the news, never listened to the news. I don't read the newspaper. I haven't read the newspaper in 40 years. Even the sports section, and I love sports. There's nothing positive. You know, if Tiger Woods misses a putt, they tell you he missed a putt instead of the fact that he won the tournament, okay? So, you know, I, I do not listen to the news. Don't please accept this in the, the manner I want to say, because I know what you guys are doing is important. But I'm very limited on social media because too many people have personal opinions that don't have any facts behind it. So I'm somewhat, I mean, watch. Would I watch what you post? Of course I would, because I know that you're doing something to help the real estate industry. So it's a matter of what you choose to put in. So I'm going to recommend to your great, you guys have a great community. Twice a day, take 15 minutes and do a mindset break. You pick up a good book for 15 minutes someplace in your home. You read four or five pages just to refresh your mind as to what you can do. Um, take, take your iPad and, and twice a day, just simply go online and, and listen to the Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy's and the Darren Hardy's and the Zig Ziglar's and the Earl Nightingale's, all these powerful minds that have these messages that can help us get through the day better. But then I say something to you now that people always think I'm crazy, but every night around eight o'clock, 
Sabrina and I were sitting on the couch after dinner, and I go to my iPad, and I'll look up two or three comedians, and I'll watch comedians for 10 or 15 minutes, and I laugh until I get tears in my eyes, because I want to end my day on the same kind of a note I start my day, because when we get out of bed in the morning, we have a choice, and the choice is do something positive, do something productive, do something good. Or we can sit there and moan and cry and feel sorry for ourselves. Folks, we have a choice. Let's just make sure we make the right one. But it is, as you said, I've been programming my mind for this moment for 75 years. This, this is what I've been waiting for, this time of time, so we can have the kind of influence we have today. And I, and I want to say to all of you, what you three are doing with your influence, keep up the good work. Thanks, Mike. You know, one of the things I've seen that what I've seen is through doing all of this, all the interviews and all the webinars is that mindset right now is probably the most important thing to success. I think everyone we've spoken to has said the same thing. And if they don't say it, I see it. If they don't say it, they're saying, oh, I'm doubling down on calls. I'm doubling down on this. They're, 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 um, they're grinding it out. Right. And, and uh, there was a, there was a, a quote that I read once that said the, um, Something like uh, the secret of success of every man or woman is the fact that the successful create the habits that the unsuccessful don't like to do. That's and right. so that mindset is, is great. Thanks for talking about that. Speaking of mindset, uh, I, some of you may know I was a police officer before I got into real estate. I have a degree in sociology, so I don't have a business degree or anything like that. So I read incessantly to try and... Um, just stay positive, stay focused, improve my skill set. What are you reading right now? What do you suggest that our viewers um, consume right now, whether it's reading or podcasts or anything like that? First of all, I'm very lucky because Earl Nightingale at age 20 said to me, if you're not reading 200 books a year, you're never going to have a fulfilling life. And I, I mean, I have to tell you, at age 20, I wasn't reading, I was reading Look Magazine or, you know, that kind of stuff. That was the, probably Playboy, to be honest with you. So at age 20, I was clueless, but I started reading and, and I'm not saying this to break, so don't get offended for any of your great listeners. I've read 10,000 books in the last 50 years, okay? All psychology, your degree, human relations, communication, sales, management, biographies, auto, that's all I do is read. But there's one book that I recommend besides Think and Grow Rich, which I've read a hundred times in my life. The second book that they all should get, and they have to go online to find it, is called The Essence of Success. The Essence of Success by Earl Nightingale. It is truly one of the great books, and it's so understated. Okay, The Essence of Success by Earl Nightingale. As, as, you, know, as you know, he had a radio program in the Midwest for 30 years, and he had uh, 40 million people a day listen to him on the radio. It was the biggest radio program in the world for probably 30 years. And he wrote 7,000 radio programs that were inspirational messages, and he picked his best 100 out of 7,000, put it in a book. Wow. And I, I, my wife and I have been reading that book. We, we give it to everybody. We share it with everybody. It is just a powerful book to read, to keep this working on a strong basis. Tristan, have you read that? I know you read a ton. 
I have not, but I just ordered it and I put the link on the chat box. So okay. all of our Mike, I'll I'll have that done too. I'm I'm in. Thank you. Good. The buy now button on Amazon is 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 Janice's worst nightmare, right, Tristan? Dude, hundred percent, hundred percent. But hey, Mike, I love what you said about that about positivity uh, and 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 your mental state. And you know, I know a lot of people because of the situations that we're in. But um, you know, and and uh, I've been very open about about my personal mental issues and depression and anxiety, and so. For me, I notice a direct correlation between my mood and when I sat down and like read a book for an extended period of time. So that's huge for me. Like, and and sometimes I'll read, you know, sometimes for me, I don't want to necessarily sit down and read a book on leadership or how to be a better leader or blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I just want to read like that, you know, makes me laugh or a book that makes, that makes my imagination, you know, run wild. Like right now I'm reading this, this silly book by, by a a comedian and, and it's not by any means something that's going to change my life, but it's putting me in that positive place that I need when I'm feeling anxious or down, you know, in times like this. So it definitely does help. And I definitely notice a direct correlation between the two. Good for you. Nick, I agree a thousand percent. So may I recommend one of their books that they made? Can I recommend one other book that they may Please. enjoy? Yeah, of course. Mike Vance and a lady named Diane Deacon. D-E-A-C-O-N, Diane Deacon. Mike Vance and Diane Deacon wrote a wonderful book, and it's really sold a lot. It was called Think Outside the Box. Okay, Think Outside the Box. And it's a story of creative thinking and how it applies to our lives. And it's, it's a spectacular. We just ran into Diana uh, probably about two months ago in New York City before all this started. And it was fun being with her because Mike Vance was one of my mentors all my life until they passed away. And Diane took over that company in that role. But it's a book called Think Outside the Box, Mike Vance and Diane Deacon. It's a, it's, it's a winner 100%. Okay. So I would certainly Perfect. recommend that. Thank you. Thank you. So good to kick out. My phone is ringing, and because my assistant is calling to tell me to get off this call, because I have another one in a couple minutes with a group in Northern California. <laughs> All right, well, then, you know what? We'll, we'll wrap it up, Mike. If anybody wants to find you online, where do they go to sign up for coaching or just learn more about you? My email address is non egotistical. Everybody thinks it's egotistical. <laughs> it, it's, it's mike.ferry at mikeferry.com. MikeFerry.com. I tell people it is not because of ego, it's because of my age. I can remember that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it was Mike.Ferry at best coach ever in the world, it'd still be warranted, Mike, but verging on something else. No, I'm just kidding. Mike, <laughs> Mike, we thank you for your, your humble expertise. It was great to have you on, on our show. And uh, I want to thank Tristan and Nick for getting you on here. So thank you guys. And uh, there's more to come. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have you on again. So thank you so much. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.